Connected Podcast, Room 303, Episode 117. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhen, and as always, we have with us EPE. How are you doing this evening, Nick? Oh, man, I thought you were going to switch up to Eric. I'm good, man. Uh, halfway through baseball season, uh, have been buying enough abs championship memorabilia that I haven't come off the high yet. And uh, happy Independence Day, America. And to all you Brits listening, he sucks anyway. I'm glad we threw it to Harvard. Yeah, I, it found its natural place in water. And you know what's good without tea? Water. You know it's bad without without water? Tea. You know it doesn't taste good with tea in it? Beer. Queers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I timed it perfectly. Let's go. Let's check in with EP. How are you doing this evening, EP? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I'm fighting through uh, my fourth round with COVID, I think. But I didn't want to skip on the show because I haven't been forgiven from the last time I was out. So, you know. The next show time you miss the show, you better be dead. And actually, actually, you either better be dead or I, I'm going to need to see a doctor's note. I'll be or sure you, to do that, Or bro. you can consider your employment terminated. My guy legitimately opened that with, uh, I'm doing yeah. good. <laughs> you don't sound like you're doing good. I want to be here because I love the show. (laughs) Jesus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you always know, you're in for another treat and ride. As Nick mentioned, Major League Baseball is at its halfway point, maybe a little more. Some teams have played probably 84 games. Um, And we're going to be covering that. And only that, pretty much, there's uh, been some major NCAA news, as you know. Not big fans on the pod, but we will discuss a little bit of that. And there was a big time – hold on, let me rephrase that. There was an there was a trade in the NFL. I don't, know about, <laughs> I don't know about big time, but there was a trade that happened in the NFL. This episode's Pop Culture Pick'em will be top five things – um, you want to try before you die. We'll get into uh, communion with E. He's never given me a permanent answer on this, so that's what we're calling it now. So communion with E. And then we'll get into commission's corner. With that, do you guys want to get into anything you have, just random thoughts, or you want to get right into it? I should get right into it. All right. So we'll get into the pop culture pick them first. Like I said just previously, top five things you want to try before you die. The order is myself, Nick, Eric, and I will be going first. First thing I want on my list is Rob A. Bank. Damn, great choice. As I, I say it all the time. If I get diagnosed with a terminal illness, I will try and rob a bank. And I'm perfectly all right with recording this because if the FBI tries to stop me, we're going shootout style, baby. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What blah, blah, blah. What do I have to live for? I'm already dying. That's the sound a gun makes, by the way. Whoop, blah, blah. <laughs> um. Wait, who's name? Am I next? Who's next? Yeah, you're you're, you're next. Yep, it's myself, you, and then Eric. Terminal illness. <laughs> Is that something you want to try before you die? You want to. 
You want to try a terminal illness? <laughs> no, like hit the heavy. <laughs> Dude, I, like, try before I die. I don't know. All you need is a little magic, and you can beat the him. There you go, dude. That's all you need. You need a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, as you guys can very clearly see, I I just found out what this question was not because I not because they didn't tell me, but because I wasn't paying attention. So I did less than uh, things I want to do before I die. Isn't there a Isn't there a Tim McGraw song about this? But I've already uh, been skydiving. Bro, you're asking the wrong person if there's a Tim McGraw. So I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go eight. 8.8 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. Is that part of the song? It is, yeah. I was like, why did he look so thrilled at himself that he said that out loud? I was just like, that's a dumb choice. <laughs> but, all right, I digress. I don't listen to Tim McGraw, so uh, we'll turn it over to EP here. Please don't die on the microphone. <laughs> I think... Uh... There's a long list of things I want to try before I die, but uh, I want to drive an 18 wheeler. I think that'd be fucking cool as shit. It's your pick. Yeah. Drive All an 18 wheeler. Right. All right. It's on your list. You got it. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm just Felt judged. Of all the things that you could. Drop pick to drive before you die. You didn't want a NASCAR, you didn't want a Formula One car, you didn't want a hypersonic jet, you didn't want a spaceship. You said an 18 wheeler, yeah, bro. Okay, it's just what I was just curious. Still, you're picking against sicko. Oh, yeah, my guy <laughs> picked up his phone. Yeah. Uh, so drive oh, eighteen wheeler. Oh my goodness! You know we're recording, right? Now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive this is this wheeler. is. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm assistant executive producer now. Just call me assistant <laughs> producer Nick right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I want to do CPR on somebody, like, and actually save oh, a life. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what? So before your life ends, you want to save somebody else's life? Yeah, I want to be at a restaurant, dude. Like, <gasps> and I'm just like. That's the Heimlich, dog. <laughs> if, if a dude's choking, you should not give him CPR. Whatever, as long as he's alive at the end and it's my fault. Hey, go go learn CPR then. By the way, all right, Eric, all right, Eric and Jermaine. Jermaine, do you know CPR? Uh, yeah, I've taken the class like eight times in my life. Do you know the Heimlich? Yes. All right, if I'm at a restaurant with just Eric, Eric... Do not resuscitate. Let me die. <laughs> if I'm choking, I don't want you touching me. The oh, only bro. thing you're allowed to do if I start choking or I die or, I, or my heart stops beating is you stand up and you go, is there a doctor in the restaurant? That's the only thing you're allowed to do. No, nah, bro, uh, I'm bringing you I, back. I thought you were going to say call Jermaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you are also allowed to call Jermaine. Because by the time he gets there, you can pronounce me dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh... All right, I'll I'll uh I'll save Eric here for the driving one. Before I die, I want to drive an Audi R8. Oh, that's I love that car, dude. And I and I I would like to drive it as my own car, but if I have to drive somebody else's car, then that's fine. Yeah, 
I'm not. First of all, if, if there's an opportunity to drive an RA, I don't care if I own it. I'm taking the right. opportunity. Um, all right. So I want to do the running with the bulls in Spain. Oh, that's a good pick. That's my next choice. And then my choice after that is scale the uh, seven summits. The seven summits. Is it seven? Is it five? Are you talking about like the highest peaks in the world? Yes. Are you talking about that, like that dude on the Netflix documentary? I don't know. I didn't know there was a documentary. Yeah, he did it like 14 of them. 14? All right, perfect. I'll take 14. Yeah, he scaled all 14 in like some crazy amount of time. Let's let's maybe maybe 14 is a bit aggressive. I'd like how about I'd like to scale one of the 14 <laughs> summits. I was about to say let's start with one and then if you really get the itch still. Yeah, 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 yeah. So James had to scale one of the 14. <laughs> it's funny that you uh, say that because uh I read something today. I don't know where it was, I think it was on the gram, but it was this lady who was a vegan. She wanted to climb Everest to show people that. That vegans could do it, and she died halfway up. Oh, that's a bad look. No, <laughs> vegans she, everywhere are mad, bro. That's, that's a she bad died look. from altitude sickness, which I don't know what it, that is, but that fucking had me dying, bro. Obviously, not as much as her, but um, <laughs> damn, that's hanging fruit. <laughs> that's a bad look for vegans, and I, I don't think I don't think living a vegan lifestyle allows you to be impervious to altitude sickness. Yeah. Nor do I nor nor do I have I done enough research to know if not eating meat would 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 uh give you a, a an existing precondition to out, altitude sickness, but that's just a bad look in general. Bro, that's insane that she thought that was acceptable. But, but what do we say, guys? What do we say on this podcast? Uh, you don't you don't talk shit to goats, right? And those mountains are the goat. You don't talk shit to them. Undefeated, bro. Never lost. Like even the uh, people, even even the people who successfully summited Everest have lo- left a piece of their soul up there, dude. Right. My uh, before I die, I want to be in the water with a great white shark. So whether that's snorkeling, whether that's scuba diving, whether that's in a cage, I want to be in the water with a great white shark. And the more natural, the better. Um, why? Why? <laughs> just because it's just because I it, I think it'd be really cool. Uh, okay. All right, dude. <laughs> You want to go? You want to do like you when you, if you uh, when you come out here in September, we can do that, bro. Shark diving is like three hundred bucks. It's like a weekend. I'm not paying three hundred bucks to go shark diving. No, absolutely not, bro. That's, I was just like, I'm out. I'm out. I lost, bro. I'm not. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, I'm up, right? Yes. So with my third pick, I would, I would before I die, I want to dra- draft Josh Allen in a dynasty football league. <laughs> we'll talk about this a little bit later. But Eric, in I mean, and anyone who knows Eric, and maybe those of you who know Eric through listening to this podcast, is it not the most Eric thing to develop a well thought out, well coordinated draft plan 
and then completely abandon it within the first three rounds. It is the most you thing to do, Eric. It was a good plan. It was a great plan, even. And and here's what we need to, to mention. When we talk about it later in the commission's corner, Eric got the result he wanted. It was there. It was right in front of him. And in Timo Eric fashion, he didn't follow it. He was like the abs of the last four years before they won the cup. No doubt. It's okay. I can make that joke now, ladies and gentlemen, because they won the cup. (laughs) Uh, And then with my fourth pick, this is actually something I am going to get to knock off my list, but it's watching the Eagles game at the link. That's it? I mean, aren't you doing that this year? I know. That feels like super attainable. Can you just make that an honorable mention? And <laughs> Fine. I want you retract what jump. you just said? You want a what? Ace jump. Oh, that's a great – see, now nah, that's a good choice. Like, you already have the tickets to the game, my guy. Like, <laughs> it's no longer a bucket list thing. You just got to live that long. <laughs> if I get COVID again, I might not, dude. God damn. <laughs> You're undefeated at getting COVID, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because because this one is so close to my heart, I want to see my friggin' team win a trophy in their home stadium. Pro. I, I told it. I remember telling Eric, I turned to him and was just like, dude, I have this bad feeling that the abs aren't going to get it done. I, I mean, like, I have, I have never seen. So Nevada is a pretty even-keeled guy. Head, head producer Nevada is is a pretty even killed guy, and he didn't talk for like five <laughs> minutes after the game. Like, didn't say a word. Just sat there, like looking at the ice. I mean, it was it was it was bad. It was like it was just like it was just disappointing. I mean, I don't blame him. So before I die, I want to see my team and. and or I uh, let, let's say I want to be in attendance when my team wins uh, a trophy. Obviously, like I'm going to go to the Super Bowl if Carolina goes, but I would like to see the Rockies or the Abs win a title in Colorado. So you mean the Abs? The Abs, yes. <laughs> Yo, Eric, what are you doing over there, dog? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so I've got two picks. I'm on the clock. I'm going to go here to get my master diver qualification uh, so when I retire, I can just teach people how to dive. Yeah, that's a good look. Um, that's been my retirement plan since I fell in love with diving. Diving is fucking amazing. If you've never done it, it's, uh, it takes the peacefulness of skydiving. Once you pull the parachute, obviously, once there's a successful parachute pool, <laughs> the, the peacefulness of skydiving and it multiplies it and just provides this serene experience. I've never felt more one with nature and it kind of humbles you because you realize like the scope of how insignificant you are. Um, 
And how little you have things under control, too. At any given moment, I was ready to just fucking lose my life. So, yeah, diving was amazing. Um, also, seeing Japanese steel not rust, despite being underwater for, I mean, I don't remember which World War it was. I think it was World War II, but it was a World War II bomber that was under the water and a, a specific piece of it was made with Japanese steel. And let me tell you the rumors you hear about the blacksmiths and those swords and the, the samurais, it's no joke. This, this piece of metal was so pristine and never rusted. It absolutely blew my mind. The other thing that I saw underwater was an American flag that was still flying on a sunken oil tanker. And I was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I went and took a pic with that. I was so hyped. I was like, that's the hardest shit ever. It's just like, don't matter. L- literally sunken ship still colors still run true, bro. I was just like, this ship is. We'll fly wherever, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, this shit is. I was like, this is wild. Uh, all right. So master diver qual. And then lastly, trying to think of my last pick. Um, man, let's get fucking wild with the last pick. I want to sail around the world. <laughs> Not that maybe sail is is the wrong term. I do want a boat with an engine that can handle. Right, you want Not, a boat around the world? Yeah, 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 yeah. Get, put me on a ship that is capable of going around the right. world. Uh, I just think that'd be amazing some of the most you know vivid views i've ever seen in my life are no land in sight it's shit's fucking gorgeous as long as you're not going around the tip of africa with one storm in front of you and one storm (laughs) behind you you're perfectly fine yeah who did that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and also like just like I mean, create like, I, I, and you know, wolf. I don't know if I've, I, I don't know like how many people know this, but like crazy stuff happens on the ocean and like stuff that you can't explain. Like, yeah. I, I remember there was one time that we were in a destroyer and we were going, across, we were going from Hawaii to basically the, the Arabian Gulf. And just in the middle of the night, our just like, our ship just kind of, like just hit this bump like your car would hit a speed bump and like we never found what it was just like it felt like the whole ship kind of just got picked up and then like dropped back down and it wasn't a wave because it was completely flat and it wasn't like a whale because there were no like you didn't see anything in the water nothing like that also is a whale doing that to a fucking DDG bro Ninety-eight hundred ton ship. I don't think so. <laughs> nah, probably, uh, so probably not. Not to, not to, not to, to snipe Eric's idea here. Base jumping sounds really fun. If I know I'm gonna die, I want to do a wingsuit run. If I know I'm gonna die, I at least want to try the wingsuit. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of room for error with a wingsuit, though. Right. <laughs> 
I guess uh, I'm up with my last pick. <laughs> Bro, the struggle bus is real today, y'all. Um, can I put never get COVID again? <laughs> no, this is gonna. Yeah, you. This might kill you, Eric. Like, Fuck. take a reasonable guess, because like playing video games one more time might be on your list, because you may not make it. But that video game one got me. That's funny. Oh man, I really, I didn't really think this through. It's because I fucked you with that link one. Uh, man, this is tough. Um, probably uh, stay at the uh, what's that super tall hotel in Dubai, the world's tallest hotel? Oh, I actually don't know that answer. Let me see if I can find it. World's tallest hotel. I, I, it's the one in the Fast and the Furious, right? Yeah, yeah. About, are you talking about the Burj Khalifa? Maybe. The Burj Khalifa is the world's tallest building. Hmm. Yeah, world's tallest hotel is the Guevara Hotel in Dubai. That it is yeah. in Dubai, so you were right. The Guevara Hotel. I want to stay at the top of that bitch. It's 1,168 feet or 356 meters for the non-imperialists. How how much does the top room at that place cost, do you think? Ooh. Uh, let me see if I can find a price. Uh, sure. Tuesday, August 19th. <laughs> Tuesday, August 19th. Jesus. What? $62? There's no way. Price range room rates, $48 per night, U.S. domestic. There's no way. I love how I said U.S. domestic. It's U.S. dollar. U.S. domestic. That's, what, it's, no that's what it says. I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm fucking reading it off. <laughs> he just stormed out of the podcast. Nope. Not having Wrong. it. Wrong. Wrong. I don't believe Wrong. it. Wrong. All right, so I think that wraps out the picks, correct? Uh, to give Eric less of a speaking role, I'll go ahead and read these out. So I went first. I had Robin Bank run with the Bulls, scale one of the 14 summits, master diver qualification, and sail around the world. Um, Nick went second. He has eight seconds on a bull. Uh, apparently that's a – what's his name? A Dixon Cider song? <laughs> Tim McGraw. Oh, Tim McGraw. That's a Tim McGraw song. Uh, he has drive an Audi R8, be in the water with a great white, C team win trophy in home stadium, and wingsuit. Uh, Eric went last. He had drive an 18-wheeler, <laughs> CPR on someone to save their life. Not Survive just the night. Not just CPR. CPR to save someone's life. Draft Josh Allen base jump and stay at the tallest hotel in the world. I assume when you say that, you mean the tippy top. Yeah. I want to be in the highest room. Yeah. Yeah. You, we don't want to be on the the ground floor. I'm like, we could have been at that hotel. bro. And I want to knock off both things on my list. I want to stay at that room and then base jump to get down. <laughs> Very doable. Very doable. And Eric's honorable mention survive the night. 
<laughs> oh, second honorable mention is uh, seeing Eagles game at the Leafs. Right. <laughs> Wildly enjoyable thing. <laughs> I think he said it because he knew he was never going to go. I think that's, yeah, I think that's why he said He knows something we don't. Yeah, he's not going to make it. This COVID ballot's more serious than he's letting on. RIP the homie. All right, so with that being said, that wraps up pop culture pick them. Let's go ahead and get into the next topic. As we mentioned, there was a major – sorry, hold on. There was a trade that happened in the NFL. This trade involved one team known as the Cleveland Browns and one team known as the Carolina Panthers. Nick, you want to walk us through this trade? No, you do it. <laughs> All right, so the Cleveland Browns have traded away former number one overall pick quarterback Baker Mayfield for a conditional 2024 fifth-round pick that can convey into a fourth. Uh, Part of this agreement, the Cleveland Browns have agreed to pay 10 point – I might get the number wrong – 10 point – $4 million of Baker Mayfield's remaining contract. So we'll pause here and we'll give the Carolina Panthers resident expert uh, his now speaking part. I mean, as, as I wear the shirt that literally says Carolina Panthers equipment on it, I, 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 I've been fishing about Sam Darnold and how I need another quarterback and I get Baker Mayfield and I'm not excited for some reason. <laughs> is that because you have two of the top three picks from the 2018 draft? If, if you would have told the Carolina Panthers prior to the 2018 draft that they would be getting two of the top three picks within the within five years, they'd be ecstatic. <laughs> I just I, I don't. So here's what the here's what the Carolina here's the true value of the Carolina Panthers quarterback room of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Carroll. You ready? Second round pick, third round pick, two fourth round picks, a fifth and a sixth round pick. That's what the Carolina Panthers traded away to assemble a quarterback room of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Carroll. Since Dave Temper bought, bought the Panthers in 2018, they have the fifth rest, the fifth worst record in the NFL, zero winning seasons, zero playoff appearances. And they're only favored in two of their 17 games this coming season. So you say, Nick, well, they haven't had a chance. They, they haven't been able to draft a good quarterback. Not true. Number seven overall pick in 2020. Number eight overall pick in 2021. Number six overall pick in 2022. I'm just... <laughs> I, I think this is a... This is a move for Matt Rule to say that he did the best to save his job. And if it goes bad, Matt Rule can say, well, Baker Mayfield has always had this problem. See, see these last two years in Cleveland. 
Cleveland didn't even want him, and he was their quarterback of the future. Now, I, I, I could potentially completely reverse my decision if Baker, if Baker Mayfield, week one, against the Cleveland Browns, throws for 350 yards and three touchdowns, and I will, and I reserve the right to do that. That's all he has to do? Sure. Three, three fifty and three touchdowns and a win over Cleveland. And I'll say this is the best signing. Oh, yeah. He has to win. Yeah, he has to win. Uh, I, I'm just – I'm not excited right now. But but shout out to the NFL schedule makers. Week one, we get Russell Wilson going two back to Seattle. And now Baker Mayfield going uh, – playing Cleveland. Does Matt Ryan play Atlanta week one? I don't think he does, but it would be it would be pretty sensational. Does Carson Wentz play the Eagles week one? Probably. Let's see. Let's take a look at the Colts schedule. So week one is New Orleans, Atlanta. So now. Uh the Colts play Houston. The Eagles play Detroit. Yeah, it's only Cleveland, Carolina. And Seattle. And Seattle, Denver. Denver. Seattle, Denver. I mean, look, we we did it. We barely even had one. <laughs> There's no right. way I'm going to sit here and complain about two. Right. Week week one juicy matchups between teams that we probably wouldn't otherwise care about. Uh, one since we are a betting podcast, Baker Mayfield opened at sixteen to one to win Comeback Player of the Year. Wow. That is great odds, bro. And the Carolina Panthers opened uh, a plus one dog to the Browns week one. That does make me laugh. It's like, it's the Browns with Jacoby Brissett, bro. (laughs) And everybody's just hating on Baker Mayfield, man. He's not that bad. He's better than Jacoby Brissett. What the hell's going on? I think he's better than I think he's better than Sam Darnold. Nobody's gonna argue there, bro. I've never Carolina, by the way, Carolina, by the way, on Bavada minus seven seventy five to miss the playoffs. Minus one seventy five to miss. The minus seven seventy five to miss the playoffs. Seven hundred and seventy five. Wow, that is a staggering number. I wasn't ready. It's all but guaranteed. This is what they're telling me. All but guaranteed, correct. So just don't even watch Carolina games this this year. I, I certainly won't. Unfortunately, I have to watch two. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield to win MVP is plus ten thousand. Uh, so that's that's what you can catch me betting. What 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 was the bet again? Plus one thousand. Baker Mayfield uh, MVP is plus ten thousand. Wow. How much are you putting on that? A hundred dollars? Yeah, probably a thousand. <laughs> Just win the ten thousand dollars. Wait, what is, uh, a thousand hold on, hold on. I think I'm That'd be a thousand a thousand would win me a hundred thousand. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait a minute, I said that wrong, because a hundred wins you the ten K. <laughs> A dollar wins me a thousand. 
<laughs> Maybe we just sit there. <laughs> Let's just sit at that one dollar, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think this does anything to change the landscape. We knew Baker was we knew Baker was gonna be was was on his way out to somewhere. The holdup was, I mean, we heard two months ago that the holdup was, or a month ago, sorry, two weeks ago. We we heard the holdup was the contract negotiations. Turns out Carolina's willing to pay half his contracts. It didn't seem like uh, didn't seem like there was a lot of negotiation there. I don't think this changes the landscape. Yeah, that's why I kept retracting major. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, Carolina agreed to pay half that man's contract. He's going to be playing football for them. Right. Cleveland Cleveland agreeing to more than half is crazy. Like, cause I can you look up Baker Mayfield's contract details, Eric? Eric's too Eric's too busy texting the celebrity bops. My guy's more interested in his phone than anything else. He's probably trying to trade away more picks and <laughs> he probably is. Yeah, he's trying to he's that's trying to mortgage. He's trying to mortgage that that hot wet mouth because that's the only picks he has left in the dynasty league. That's exactly what he's doing over there. That's why he's laughing. Who are you uh, texting? So- you try to trade trade Manny again on some bullshit. His current contract is a four year thirty two point six. Um, there's eighteen this year, which the Browns are paying ten point eight of. God damn! And what? then next next year, how much is left? Uh, I think this is the last year. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, this, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, this is the last year. Yeah. Well, th- thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> All right, EP, you can go back to your phone now. Thank you for us yeah, letting yeah, us disturb yeah. you. I, I was so, just looking I'm at just... the draft board because I'm coming up again, bro. Uh, I'm, no, you're not. Nick is your pick. <laughs> you Okay. All right. Nick is 805. What do you want from me? Yeah, I'm 808, though. That's not coming up. We ain't even had 804. Whatever, dude. This draft is most likely a pause for the night, by the way. So now that we just, did you see Shohei? Shohei, that rec he made history today. Was it good history? I I I am convinced. Here's here's my beef with with baseball. Yes, I did see that, Eric. Shohei is the Shohei is the first person in MLB history to have 10 Ks, two RBIs, and a stolen base since we they started recording RBIs in what 1910, Eric. 1920. I am convinced that if you do enough research. A record is set in baseball every single day. 100%. Because you guys keep the most absurd, specific, ridiculous statistics. It's like Jermaine Colomendez is the first player in MLB history to play uh, three consecutive games all on a Sunday night baseball header with, uh, with seven different teams. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it probably is, yeah. Every day you can set a record in baseball. He's the first player to foul off four balls on a 3-2 count in a daytime Sunday game. That's exactly how they do their stats, too, bro. And some poor intern has to go look that up. Yeah, but you know that intern loves it. Throws 10Ks, two ribbies, and a stolen base. That's what it was. That's, I mean, that is a pretty crazy stat, but still. But how many people have had the chance to do that? That's my question. Only NL pitchers. 
Well, I mean, like, I like, yeah, I guess. Zach Granke for sure had a chance. Zach Granke's a bump. <laughs> Whoa, what an unexpected stray. <laughs> I don't know, I'm pro Zach Granky. Whenever he throws those ridiculous like 55 mile per hours, it's just like that's how you know he can just he can just dictate fucking at bats. Zach Granky's just a weirdo. He's achieved a, a level of awareness that MLB the show can't quantify. <laughs> 102 awareness. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. All right, let's talk conference realignment. So it was announced in the last week, UCLA, USC are moving from the Pac-12 in 2024 or around 2024. This comes on the news that we heard two months ago or so that Oklahoma and Texas are moving from the Big 12 to the SEC, I believe, as soon as 2023, but it'll probably it's probably looking like 2025 or something like that, 2024 or 2025. I believe it's 2025. Yeah. Well, uh, let's. I mean, let's 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 get super conferences already. Like, am am I right? <laughs> like, I feel like that's where this is going. I mean, we've been beating that drum long enough. We they might as well just give in. The rumor the the, the rumor came out today that said uh, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami are looking to jet to the SEC. Oh, they have to. They have to fly there. Yeah, are, are looking to get out, I guess. <laughs> um, and then Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, Stanford, Utah, Washington, and Washington State. This is according to this article on uh, Fan Nation. Uh, have all potentially made calls to leave uh, the Pac-12. Man, you hate to see it. The once proud, the once proud Pac-12. I guess. <laughs> Have they ever been proud? <laughs> what What happens? I mean, there was once upon a time they were prideful. Uh, what happens to the Rose Bowl, though? I mean, I think it still stays. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. wasn't it wasn't it guaranteed a Pac-12 team would play in the Rose Bowl? Uh, yeah, the winner of the I, I believe the the winner of the Pac-12 plays in the Rose Bowl. If they're not playing in any other uh, like larger bowls, there yeah, used to be there. There used to be a system for all this. <laughs> oh my right. god! I knew you would get this. No, 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 no. I don't mean. I'm not going to go on my BCS rant. I, Lord knows I love the BCS, but no. I, what I meant is there used to be like a. Hey, the the Rose Bowl is winner of Pac-12 against number two in the in the Big Twelve or something. But when yeah. Missouri and Texas A&M jumped ship, and then all this conference realignment started in like the early two thousands, it ruined. It kind of ruined all that. I think A&M didn't leave until the twenty tens. No, did they? Well, then 20, well some, some, sometime mid to late early 2000s. If all... <laughs> Listen, early, early, early in the 21st, early in the 21st century, they left. June 2012. My, my guy said mid to late early 2000s. And you knew exactly what time frame I was referring to. 
<laughs> no, you covered all the years. Mid to late, early 2000s. Like 2006 onward. <laughs> My guy used I would have said mid to late 2010s. <laughs> How are you feeling today? Happy, sad, angry. Happy, sad, <laughs> angry. Jesus um, I, I, I don't understand why we don't just go to two super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. I was thinking four, but two works for me. Okay, so 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 the four would be what? Big Ten, SEC, ACC. And Big well, let's well, well let's assume well let's assume that Clemson, Miami, and Florida State leave the the ACC. Oh, look! If the teams that Eric said Oregon, Oregon State, Colorado, and uh, I forgot the fourth one is like Washington probably or Stanford. Utah, Pac- Utah State was also in there. Um, if they all leave Pac, look, I already think the Pac-12 is done. I mentioned message our group chat saying, "Hey, um, get your memorabilia before it's uh, out of stock." I, would, I think when USC UCLA left, I think my exact message was like, "Did we just witness the death of the Pac-12?" So Pac-12 is out. Big 12 is adding teams, and they're looking to add Pac-12 teams. So. Big 12 realistically stays around. You obviously can't be called the Big 12 anymore. Um, but if ACC gets rocked by a Clemson departure or, you know, any of those power schools, then, yeah, we're going to two power conferences. So I I understand that it's probably the biggest moneymaker for sports. But, like, there's some pretty cool traditions. Like, you know, I would hate to see North Carolina or Duke leave the ACC. Tradition is dead in college football, Eric. If If – no, I'm saying because yes. of basketball. Like the, well, no, but I'm saying real, realignment, realignment killed any tradition that there was. And then NIL put the final nail in a coffin and, and threw dirt on top of it. So there was, there's three things in the last, like, 15 years that I agree with Eric because it does ruin the tradition, which you kind of hate to see. But um, so it was when realignment initially happened because of the Texas Longhorn network, I'm a firm believer that Longhorn network caused the realignment. Uh, And that was ESPN's fault. And, and the Longhorns, I always say that. And the next thing that happened was they opened the floodgates on transfer portals, which I'm not necessarily against. I'm just saying it very much takes away from, you actually caring about that school. And then next, you know, this this NIL thing, you know, where the rumor has the Miami quarterback got 9.25 mil to go to Miami and that Jimbo Fisher paid all of his players at AM. And then you see the video saying, this is going to make you a lot of money. One of the people are telling their recruits. So I think Eric's right. Like Texas hasn't played AM and since 2012, or did they play once between that? It doesn't matter. That used to be a big-time game. So one thing I like is USC and UCLA move together, right? Hey, we're rivals. Let's move together. Texas and Oklahoma are like, hey, we're rivals. Let's move together. So, you know, that that's kind of dope, but I think you guys are right. I think tradition's done. But in 100 years, when I'm good and dead – They'll be talking about the 100-year rivalry between 
fucking Oklahoma and Georgia, you know? So. Or, or maybe we, or maybe we get to see it come back because we have two super conferences of 30 teams each. And now, Oh, look at that. You know, they did manage to, to make out a, you know, they, they did manage to figure out a Texas, Texas A&M game every year. Yeah. So honestly, the way I was looking at this, I was just like, yo, you go, you play five games and that's your preseason and it determines seating, but then you go tournament style and the tournament style are the bowl games. So now the bowl games are happening throughout the season, vice just all of December. And you have this one super conference of 20 teams playing in XYZ bowl games until they crown their champ. And then you have this other super conference playing in XYZ bowl games until you crown your champ. I don't know. I was just kind of spitballing ideas when I was when I was thinking about all this. Well, I think I think if we build if we build into a super conference, right? You would you would like let's let's say the SEC absorbs absorbs the ACC, right? It's going to be called the AC. It's going to be called the SEC, but you would still have that batch of Virginia Tech, Virginia, NC State, North Carolina, Duke. They would still play each other because they're in the same region. Right. Right. You would still have Georgia play Florida, play, you know, play Florida State, play Miami. I I think that maybe the supercar we, we need to stop like like you know beating around the bush here. Maybe the creation of super conferences will lead to the restoration of kind of that rivalry and tradition in college football. Because now it's yeah, it's about money, but now you're all part of the same conference. You all play the teams in your region. If I could pull it up, and I, I don't think I sent it to you guys, but I saw something online that was like a really like if you have a thirty a thirty team super conference, and it's divided into pods of six five pods of six teams, then every year you play one of those one of those teams in your pod, five of those teams in your pod, and then in all the other pods you play one team from that pod in a home and away. And in six years, you have played every single team in those pods. And then you take two out of conference games, basically, if we still use that moniker. Yeah. I think out of conference is dead. Well, yeah. I mean, you would play the other conference, <laughs> the other super yeah. conference. Yeah. You play uh neutral or, or, or play FCS at this point, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could organize this and structure it. So it's dope. One of the ways I was thinking is like you create the divisions within the conference and those divisions battle it out to get seated into a playoff in that conference. And you end up with the winner of said conference playing the winner of said conference. And you have four division. Oh, it's like the NFL. It's like, it's, it's like major sports. You're doing it like major sports at this point. Yeah. What, what if they it? just do two divisions, 20 teams in each, bottom four, drop out, and then uh, four teams get to go in there? We will never get a relegation system, Eric. We should. We will nope. never get a relegation system. There's too much money in American sports to get a relegation system. Yeah, not that there isn't too much money in soccer either, but <laughs> like that, uh, relegation would 
is the ultimate deterrence to tanking. Go to go 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 to these do it do it like Europe does it right. Have five have five leagues. You know, play whatever division or whatever stuff you want in that league. But if you don't make it, the bottom three or the bottom two, y'all out. <laughs> and you get replaced by if Air Force has a good season, well then Air Force Air Force is in the Mountain League now. And don't worry, Air Force will soon have a bad season right after that. So yeah, they'll be right back out. They'll be right back in. <laughs> But I think if, if, if we're truly going to do this, this transfer fee and or th- this this transfer fee, go to a full European style. Create five leagues. Do a do a what's do do like a recruiting on on the old NCAA football game. Do a southeast. Do a you know uh, do a southeast. Do a north. Do a central. Do a west. And do a. a or do a Midwest and do a West or something like that. You know what I mean? Find some way to break it into these regions and then just have conferences in those regions. Yeah, I don't, it's not going to happen. There's a lot of cool ways you can do this, and I guarantee you they'll pick none of the cool ways. <laughs> they will do none of them. And it'll be the most boring, monotonous, hey, we have 20 teams, they don't play each other, here you go. Rivalry and, is dead. Fuck and, you. and people will still watch them, unfortunately. Not me. I'm pretty much over college football. I just, like, I really only watch it when I'm trying to get ready for drafts. But other than that, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just, I'm fed up. Um, with that being said, let me ask this final question before we move off topic. Are you guys fans of? this new super league realignment or are you not no i'm 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 just kind of indifferent cuz i'm at your where you're at with it like i'm i'm so over college football uh i, I could care less we already know who's going to win the title it's going to be alabama well not with texas a&m paying for recruits <laughs> Dude, that was such uh, a bad look. <clears throat> Dude, that video that dropped after Jimbo Fisher like asked for a press conference to say that it didn't happen in that video drops is it's one of it warmed my heart because Texas AM fucking eat a dick. But I think it's fascinating. I think they need to get this NIL under control. I don't think any player should make more than three million. Or Teams should have an NIL budget. Stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> Payroll. <laughs> uh, I just don't want a Los Angeles Dodgers to dominate and then lose in the championship. <laughs> yeah. God God forbid we let the college football playoff be dominated by a set number of teams who can afford to get in. All right. Before we move into MLB, we'll stop here for the commission's corner. For those of you who don't know what the Commission's Corner is, it's because it's never been done before. This is the first instance in podcast history, so episode 117. Mark it down, ladies and gentlemen. Room 303 has started up their first ever Dynasty League, 14-team, half PPR, uh, probably going to end up 30, 30 rounds deep of selections. We're currently seven rounds completed. 
And uh, there's been some interesting happenings and some interesting uh, uh, <laughs> conundrums. Like, I, I will say this. How shocked were you guys to see Brees Hall drafted where Brees Hall was drafted? Yeah, it's, it's pretty surprising. So for those of you listening, Brees Hall was selected with the, the, as the 17th overall pick. Some of the names that have come in behind Brees Hall – Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Herbert, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf, Josh Allen. I mean, I can keep going. That's how ridiculous that list keeps going. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. Look, at what point in time in your life have you ever really been like, I want a second-round Jets running back? I mean, Brees Hall has played games in the NFL, correct? <laughs> No. Huh. Brees Hall has not played games in the NFL. Seems like a reach then for the 17th overall pick, but <laughs> wasn't my pick, so. All right, so some of the things that have also happened in this league, the first ever trade in history occurred between uh, one host of this podcast and an executive producer, uh, not Nevada. I traded Eric pick 107 and pick 208 for the 110, the 205, and the 2023 second. Absolute fleece job, dude. So Eric moved up, got his guy, Cooper Cup. Got his guy, Cooper Cup, good to go. Had the wide receiver one that he wanted and was ready to make his pick in the next round. I come, I come around. I select at the the one the one ten, and I take CD Lamb. Then I select at the two hundred five, and I take uh, Dalvin Cook. Eric gets to pick two hundred eight. Eric, would you like to walk us through this this grand plan of yours for the listeners and the listeners at home? I don't think there was a plan. I was just shooting from the hip. You bitch. Tell him the plan. You talking about the Josh Allen? We're talking talking about your draft plan. Your draft plan, dude. What? God. So, originally, my number one and my number two on my big board were Cooper Cup and Josh Allen. And uh, I didn't think Cooper Cup was going to fall for me, so I was going to settle on Tyreek Hill and then get Josh Allen the second. But then your boy Skinny P over here comes home from work and he's like, yo, trade me. And he says me this ridiculous trade offer, but he keeps enticing me with Cooper Cup. And that's my number one guy. So I get Cooper Cup. It gets all the way to my next pick in the second round. Josh Allen. You, can, you know, you can say no, right? You can say no to him, right? <laughs> I could have, but he was he did that thing where like, like, you know, that Bill Burr has that joke where it was, oh, don't look like that, motherfucker. You kept every five seconds, hey, let's, let's work a deal though. Hey, let's make a trade, bro. Anyway, bro, I didn't ask you for two and a half hours. I sat so there cheating for like two so and a half Eric, hours. You go, Eric, you go, nah, man, it ain't going to happen. And then if you ask again, you go, it ain't going to happen. And then he'll stop asking you eventually because he'll see your – he saw the fear in your eyes. <laughs> he saw – it also saw doesn't weakness. help. It also doesn't help that I had a lady friend over who was pushing oh, me to do it. get all the way fucked. And I was sick. I wasn't <laughs> in the right mind. Anyway – 
So Josh Allen is still on the board in the second round, and I could have got both my guys. But I, like Icarus, I flew too close to the sun, and I went Tyreek Hill. And then our homie Sean. Oh, by the way, this is the part you don't know, dude. I was trying to trade to get into a second-round pick again and get Josh Allen the third in the second round. Not shocking. But I didn't I reach out to you, Nick, to try to make a deal? I don't think so. Yeah, I did. I think I hit you up. I was I was trying to get Josh Allen. I mean, I didn't you, get we him. had a deal in place, but then you you went against your word and you traded with Jermaine instead. Oh, dude. I'm just Whatever. saying. We had, anyway. a, we had a deal in place, and the only thing that a man has is his word, and you went back on it. So that's fine. Whatever. Anyway, the draft's been shit for me since then. I have two fucking tight ends. <laughs> you could have recovered it. Okay, for, for those of you at home, do not feel bad for Eric. He did. He drafted Tyreek Hill instead of Josh Allen. Tried not to trade a big up. deal. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Tried to trade up. It didn't work. Since then, Eric has convinced himself that since what was that, Eric? Round three? That was two. round two. So since round two, Eric has convinced himself that the other 28 rounds don't matter and he should just draft whoever is the top player on the board. Who would you draft with your last pick, Eric? Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. In the seventh. Dallas In Goddard the seventh round. Seventh. Eric has convinced himself that his team is so bad that it doesn't matter who he picks at this point. Who did you pick before Dallas Goddard? Dawson Knox. <laughs> so you already had a tight end, dude. And both of them are young. Dawson Knox is only 25. That's literally my tight end for the future. He's younger than Dallas Goddard. I literally hit you up like, I get the obligatory eagle pick, but like two tight ends and Eric just didn't respond, bro. Whatever, dude. This draft is literally gone away from him. We haven't even gotten into his crown jewel. His crown jewel. Which I'm I'm, I'm thinking about drafting somebody else. I don't, I don't trust them. So Nick and I had orchestrated a trade in the third round. I hit him up well before he was on this pick for the second round. I said, oh, hey. Jesus. <laughs> and I said, hey, I'll trade you my 307 and a 2023 third for your 303. We agreed. It was a done deal. It was good to go. We're just waiting for the pick to come on. Nick and I agree to the trade terms. I'm about to submit it to the league. And he's like, hold up. Eric hit me up. And I'm like, all right, up to you. And he says, no, the only thing I have is my word. So we go through with our trade. I'm moving up the board as the resident Saints fan to get Alvin Kamara. I'm on the clock and Alvin Kamara is right there on the pick. I just traded up to get him. So... I'm excited. I'm about to get Kamara and Eric without hesitation from Nick telling him, no, I've already agreed to trade it to Jermaine hits me up with the godfather of offers. So Eric decides that he wants the three Oh three. So desperately to select Joe Burrow. <laughs> Nick is laughing so hard to select Joe Burrow that we created a multiplicitous trade. I moved the 303 and the 808 to Eric 
for the 310 and the 805, a 2023 first and a 2023 third round pick. I mortgaged my team for fucking Joe Burrow. I mortgaged my future for Joe Burrow. I mortgaged my future on the last six games of the season last year. I first season, dude tears his ACL, does all right. Second season, he's mediocre at best throughout the year, and then he gets hot at the end. So now I've got zero picks in the 2023 draft, and Joe Joey fucking Burrow is my quarterback. So, for those of you listening, Eric and I had a discussion much later on in this draft. So, also let me explain to the listeners: we're running a slow draft, so each person has six hours to make a pick. You know, for life and shit, uh, and then it pauses during the sleep cycle, and it kicks up again in the morning. Um, so Eric, instead of getting Josh Allen, instead of giving that godfather offer to anyone in the second round to get Josh Allen, he gave it to me. I could not say no, so I I left Kamara on the board so Eric could come up and get Joe Burrow. But if you're sitting at home wondering, wait, 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 does that mean Jermaine has Eric's first, second, and third round pick from the 2023 draft? And the answer is yes. Well, that's not true because you made a trade later. But to say Room 303 has Eric's has Eric's picks for the 2023 draft and none of them are Eric's, that is true. <laughs> it is uh, big factuals. So I, I took the ammunition that Eric gave me. I moved out of the pick, took that eighth-round swap that was instrumental in me getting my quarterback later on in the eighth round. Um, and I moved around the board to get my team. So we won't touch everyone's teams. It's a lot to cover. But we will spotlight the three people on this podcast. And so we'll start with Nick who had a third overall pick. So Nick's team currently, uh, he hasn't had a seventh round pick, so he'll only have six players. But Nick's team currently is Jamar Chase, Saquon Barkley, Cam Akers, Lamar Jackson, Darren Waller, and Brandon Cooks. Uh, I had the seventh overall pick. Like I had mentioned before, with with trades and finagling, I now have CeeDee Lamb, Dalvin Cook, DJ Moore, David Montgomery, Mike Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Godwin, and Russell Wilson. The next pick on the board was the 10th overall pick. And Eric has Cooper Cup. Tyreek, not Josh Allen Hill. Joe Burrow. Not Josh Allen. Not Josh Allen. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders, Dawson Knox, and Dallas Goddard. So, for those listeners at home, let us know whose team you like the best of the three. Between mine, Nick's, and Eric's. And we just like to see a little feedback, see how that goes. But thus far, I think the 2022 Dynasty Draft has been a hit. It's it's my first ever Dynasty Draft, and it's my friend's first ever Dynasty Draft. It took me years to convince them to do it. So far, all the feedback has been wildly positive. Um, 
a lot of these uh, fantasy players have never done a slow draft before, so now they're doing a slow draft. For those of you listening, the roster construction is one quarterback starting, two running back startings, two wide receivers, three flexes, one tight end, one kicker, and one defense. So this will be continue to be a segment from here on out. Uh, we'll get into the commission's corner. We'll talk about some of the crazy trades and some of the fantasy shenanigans that happens. I'm trying to orchestrate a trade right now. I mean, a, a bet right now between resident Carolina Panthers fan, Nicholas Morahan and resident Cleveland Brown players of the dynasty draft. Nick is playing with scared money. Hasn't talked to any crap in the chat. He's scared of people. So it makes a lot of sense that he doesn't want any piece of it. We're going to go ahead and end commission's corner here. Do you guys have any closing comments for this dynasty draft? You want to talk about how much you like it, how much you recommend it? Fuck the commission. It's collusion. Everything that he does is collusion. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why everyone always thinks I'm cheating at all times. I no, don't I, 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 I don't think you're I like this is also my first time playing the Dynasty League. Listen, I, the only thing I have to say so far is motherfuckers need to chill. On the draft time. If you're given six hours, you get all six hours. If you guys didn't want there to be six hours, should have agreed on less time. We all agreed <laughs> on six hours. Democracy, motherfuckers. Yeah, I didn't understand that. What One thing that cracks me up is Manny is taking five hours almost every pick. I believe Manny took five hours and then traded back seven spots without getting a pick in return. He just said, fuck it. I don't want to pick right here. That is what that's Eric's one shining moment. Eric (laughs) convinced Manny trade seven spots and not offer anything. He just said, Hey, let's swap picks. Uh, Somehow it was agreed upon. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't get an explanation. Uh, I let it stand since both players agreed to the trade. It made no sense in my head. Um, But it was purely fascinating to see happen. And Eric traded up to get a tight end. Only to select a tight end in the next round. So undid all that good immediately. Nah, bro. Both those guys are going to be top five tight ends this year. Watch. No, put put that in your locks. If you're going to say that out loud, put that in the locks tracker. Yep. You can't just – look, you can't be flagrant with that. Don't even believe yourself. No, I'll add it. Has Dallas Goddard played a whole season when he was – when he had a full complement of snaps? I don't think so. Shit, I don't think Dawson Knox has played a full season either. All right, as Eric adds that ridiculous comment to it, um, this this will be a regular segment. We won't. It's we're trying not to make it too long, and we'll keep it around this length. Now we'll get into MLB. I'll stop here, hand it to Nick, let Nick drive the MLB bus, and um, we'll move forward. Actually, hold on, Eric. Did you get odds for all this? Uh, I have the DraftKings uh, page pulled up. Um, I have odds for like league winner, division winner, and World Series, but it doesn't give me uh, over unders for totals. Mm. 
That's good. Over under for totals is fine. All right, like Jermaine said, we're about halfway through, a little bit over halfway uh, through the MLB season. So we'll take a look at, at what the divisions look like right now. We'll take a look at some of the bets that I put down. If you guys remember the MLB show, we'll take a look at some uh, awards and who we think is 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 going to win the award. So I'll start with uh, overall standings, right? So right now going through uh, division leaders, so we'll start in the AL. In the East, the Yankees are 13 games up on the Red Sox, next closest. Uh, the Central Division, the Twins, kind of shocking, are leading the Guardians, also kind of shocking, by four and a half games. In the West, the Astros are leading the Seattle Mariners by 13 and a half games. Going to the National League, the uh, Mets are leading the Braves by two and a half games in the Central. Milwaukee is three games up on St. Louis. And in the West, to nobody's surprise, the Dodgers are winning. They have a five and a half game lead on the Padres. As you do know, or as we know, there's going to be seven teams that make the postseason this year in the MLB. So currently in the wild card, you have Boston, Tampa Bay, and Toronto as the three teams from the AL. If you the whole fucking division. If you heard that correctly, besides the Baltimore Orioles, the entire AL East is in the playoffs. If you remember us saying earlier in the year, that this entire AL East might make the playoffs. In the National League, the Braves hold the top wildcard spot. They're followed very closely, a game behind uh, by the Padres. And then St. Louis is the final spot with Philly uh, being a game back. In the AL East, there is no team. The Guardians are probably the closest team. Uh, but they are four uh, four games back right now in the wild card. Uh, looking back at some of my bets, um, of the bets I thought that were serious right now, because uh, we have bets like Miami to win the the NL East and the Cubs to win the Central. Those are kind of just flyers in case anything good happened. Uh, to, the the Rays to win the East isn't really working out right now. The Cardinals to win the Central still has a chance of happening. Uh, I did take the Yankees to win the AL East, which is a pretty good look, and the Braves to win the NL East, which, like I said, is two and a half games away from happening. Uh, my making playoff bets, I kind of took a lot of flyers on them. That's They're not really working out right now. The closest one uh, that is coming to happening is uh, the Phillies making the playoffs. Uh, is the closest. If you remember my win totals, I took nine win totals this year. I took the uh, Chicago White Sox over 92 and a half wins. I figured the White Sox can't do worse than they did last year, right? Uh, they were injured last year. Well, actually they can. They're on pace for 77 wins. That's a loss. I took Dodgers over 98 and a half, I believe Jermaine and uh, Eric both scoffed at me for that. The Dodgers are on pace for 103 right now. That's a win right now. Took the Mets and Braves over. They both had 90 and a half on Bovada. The Mets are on pace for 99 wins. They probably will net it up, though. And the Braves are on track for 94. Check and check. 
Bovada managed to give me the Oakland Athletics at under 71 and a half wins. Just give me my money right now. Vegas, Oakland is on pace for some of the closest uh, or uh, Washington. Also, uh, the Washington Nationals also gave me under 71 and a half. They have 56 wins right now. One of the biggest ones that I missed, I picked the Baltimore Orioles to be under 61 and a half wins. This Orioles team is on pace for 75 wins right now. And, you know, if if they can squeeze out a couple of wins against that uh, stack AL East when it comes to September, we might see a little bit more. That's a loss. Some of the closest, my two closest bets that I'm tracking right now, uh, I had the Pittsburgh Pirates under 65 and a half. They are currently on pace for 66 wins. Get the fuck out of here. And I had the San Francisco Giants over 85 and a half wins. They are currently on pace for 81. Uh, we are also two spots away from hitting uh, our correct division standings NL East bet. If the Braves end up winning and the Mets end up finishing second, we will hit Atlanta, New York, Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington in the correct standing. No other division is more than two, and it's mainly the last place team that I got right. Um, so, yeah, that is how we're looking for uh, the MLB standings. I'll kick it over to you, boys. What surprises are there in the first half of the season? What's, what's, what's your surprises and what's your, yeah, we kind of thought that that would happen. Uh, arguably the biggest surprise in Major League Baseball is the lack of effort from the Detroit Tigers. I think everyone on this podcast and in the world can agree that the Detroit Tigers were supposed to win the pennant this year. Oh, crickets. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah rightfully so. Uh, honestly, my, my biggest surprise is – how the Red Sox continue to maintain how good they are. Their roster is not that good. Yeah. In my opinion, their roster is not that good, which is why they don't do anything in the postseason. So it's like, hey, congratulations. You were good in 162 games. I'm not sure that really says anything. Um, probably the biggest shocker is how one-sided the AL is for a division. Like we knew it was coming, but to the races in the divisions aren't even that close. Yeah, the like, closest the closest one right now, the central division, the twins have a four and a half game lead. Yeah, and, and then a five and a half on the next team, but then you that the entire AL West is out of it. Right? Like I don't see the the Astros blowing a 13 and a half game lead to the Mariners. I mean, we know how the second half Mariners are. And then the other interesting thing was I thought the Cardinals were going to be a lot better than they are. Who did you you said you had Brewers winning that division? I had Cardinals winning that division. Yeah, so so I agree with you. They're not that bad, but they're four I, yeah. games over 500. It's like that team should be better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 
it's it, it is a little it is a little disappointing to see that team to to see that team um, not be very good. Obviously, they they're they're pretty unlucky this year. They're not they're 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 not winning one run games, and they're not beating teams above five hundred. And you know they started the season hot, and in the last thirty, they're they're the last thirty games, they're they're five hundred right now. They're they're just they're just not they're not playing good baseball right now. That's the problem. And the funny thing is, is that they have they have it. We'll, we'll get into it in a second. They have right now the favorite to win L MVP on their team in Paul Goldschmidt, and that roster is absolutely stacked. But once you get past Goldschmidt and uh, and Arenado, their roster is abysmal in terms of hitting this year. What are the averages on that roster? Like, what? Who's the third? Who's the third highest average? There? So Paul Goldschmidt is hitting three forty this year with nineteen home runs and sixty five. Get the he, fuck out of he here! He should be the NL the NL MVP. Nolan is next. He's hitting 296, 17 home runs, 55 RBIs. Not bad. The next highest one after that is Tommy Edmond, who's hitting 263. After Tommy Edmond, Harrison Bader, who's on the 10-day IL, is hitting 256. Uh, Dylan Carlson is hitting uh, is hitting 250. Albert Pujols continues to get playing time. He's hitting 189 this year. Why are they playing him then? Paul DeYoung. Has the most games at shortstop this year. He's hitting 130 this year. Andrew Kisner, their catcher, is hitting 183. They just haven't had guys that can really figure it out. That's a lot of really bad hitting. Why is Pujols playing the DH role if he's only? I cannot tell you. That's like, that's unwarranted, like, I don't know loyalty. Yeah, we get I, it. He he's Cardinals royalty, but he sucks butt right now. Their bullpen is good, right? But then you have guys like uh, Dakota Hudson hasn't put it together. He's a four point two nine ERA, which isn't that bad. Stephen Matz, a six. <laughs> excuse me, geez. Oh, he's dead. He got COVID from Eric. In, in his nine starts, six point zero three ERA. Jordan Hicks, four point seven five ERA. Their bullpen is incredible right now. They just don't they they can't they don't have a past uh Adam Wainwright and Miles Mustakis or Miles uh Michaelis, they don't have a they don't have good starters on this team. So you have a great bullpen, which is good, but then you have a lackadaisical offense and a bad starter past your two guy, you're you're not gonna be a good baseball team. And that's the problem with the Cardinals. Well, I mean, when you break it down like that, it makes a lot of sense. I feel like there's a lot of really bad teams this year. Yeah, it it the the disparity between and you know, I I hate to harp on it and I hate to be this guy, but the disparity between I mean, I mean, let me let me read you from, you know, the the bottom 5 teams. Uh, obviously the Chicago Cubs shouldn't be down here in terms of what I'm trying to get at. But Kansas City Royals, Cincinnati Red, Washington Nationals, Oakland Athletics are the bottom five teams. The top five teams, the New York Yankees, the Houston Astros, Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Mets, and the Atlanta Braves. 
the disparity has never been larger in baseball between the rich teams and the poor teams. I, and Are we going to go into our salary cap rant? We're not going <laughs> to go into the salary cap rant because I feel like we do it. We do it every year. We're going to go into player odds. I already talked about the NL. Paul Goldschmidt is minus 110 uh, to get the NL MVP odds. My serious pick for NL MVP this year, I had two of them. Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto. They haven't really been playing that well. In terms of the, MV- the, the, a- the NL MVP odds, Pete Alonso is second. He's plus 500. Manny Machado plus 550. Uh, Mookie Betts plus twelve hundred and Trey Turner uh, plus thirteen hundred. That's really the, the the closest one. So Bryce uh, Harper really, fell off because of the injury. Bryce Harper fell off because he's injured. A guy that you want to take a look at, and a guy that I just named his stats off, Nolan, is plus twenty five hundred right now to win MVP. With stats that mirror, not the average that mirrors Paul Goldschmidt, but the stats that are just a little bit behind him. He might be a guy to watch right now. Looking at the AL MVP, uh, you know, you have going from top to bottom, really the guys that matter. Rafael Devers with the Red Sox, he's plus 1,600. My pick, Mike Trout, he's plus 1,100. Jordan Alvarez for the Houston Astros, he's plus 700. Shohei Otani having a great year, he's plus 260. The favorite, though. And the Aaron rightful Judge. favorite, Aaron Judge, minus eleven fifty to win to win uh, AL MVP. King and Crush, and it's not close. Can you believe they didn't sign him to an extension? It is in well, I mean, because he probably wants a bunch of money, and they just they just kind of placated him right now. It has been seventy nine games that Aaron Judge has played in. He has twenty nine home runs, sixty RBIs, and he's batting two eighty two. So if you extrapolate that over a 162-game season, you're looking at 58 home runs. 58? God damn. Yeah. 58 home runs from, from Aaron Judge, uh, which is which is incredible at this place, or at, at this point. He's done it before, though, or pretty close to it. Uh, he has his highest home run total in a year was 52 in 2017 when he won the Rookie of the Year. He's been hampered by injuries a little bit since then. But in the years where he plays over 100 games, I mean, 27, 27, 39 last year, the dude can rake. Yeah, I mean, nobody's arguing if Aaron Judge can hit, bro. Right. He just needs to stay healthy, and I think that's the reason why the Yankees haven't paid him yet is because they don't know if he can be healthy. Because, yeah, he's had one-off years, but – the reason that they send him, signed him to that $19 million one-year extension, I think it's a fantastic move by the Yankees front office. Prove to me that you can be healthy for two years, and we will pay you the amount of money you deserve. The Yankees are strapped for cash. I don't know if you know this. Well, yeah, it's because they're selling $36 hot dogs. Right. Yeah, so Aaron Judge, how healthy was he last year? How many games did he play? Uh, 114, maybe. Ugh. That's not – that didn't prove to them that you can be healthy. No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is they gave Judge a, a, a $19 million extension a couple weeks ago. They gave him a one-year oh. extension. Oh. So right. you're saying – Oh, he played – sorry. He, he, sorry, he played 148 last year. That's my fault. 
Oh, okay. That's significantly better. So he played. So they're saying, hey, be healthy this year, be healthy next year, and we'll sign you to a fat contract. Yeah, prove to me that you can do – I mean, prove to me that you can have a 148-game season, you can have another healthy season in which you perform at that level we know you can perform at, and next year we'll pay you we'll, – we'll I, I wouldn't be surprised if next season around this time, if Aaron Judge is so healthy, we see the Yankees sign to that mega extension. Okay. I think I agree with that. It, it needs and, – and you – I mean, you always say this about, about contracts and stuff. It, it is it is literally the media taking this this thing, Aaron Judge, and saying, oh, he's playing so well this year. It's recency bias. And they're saying, why isn't Aaron Judge signed? Oh, now he's going to – he's looking at the Mets, and he's looking at the Dodgers, and he's looking at the Braves. No, he's not. I think he knows himself well enough that if the Yankees go to him and they say, look, we, we have the money. We have a war chest waiting for you. You just need to prove to us that last year was not a fluke and that this year is not a fluke through 79 games. If you play 148 games again, look, we trust you. We paid you $19 million for one year. Now be healthy for three straight years, and we'll give you, we'll give you a, a king's ransom. I think that's a good way to approach it. I, so I was under the impression, and maybe I missed, uh, missed this, I was under the impression he was a free agent after this year. He was. The Yankees gave him a one-year, $19 million extension a couple weeks ago. Aaron, can you look up when they gave him that extension? And if it even is $19 million or if I'm talking out of my ass. All right, we'll move on to the uh, the Cy Young odds. In the NL, I had the sure bet, which would have hit, uh, if not for uh, injuries and stuff, Jacob DeGrom, right? I had Jacob DeGrom. Uh, he has obviously been injured. Right now, uh, Sandy Alcantara, who had 10 Ks the other day in a complete game, he leads the NL Cy Young odds. He's plus 150. Joe Musgrove is plus 600. Corbin Burns of the Brewers, he's plus 600. Tony Gosling uh, of the Dodgers, plus 1,000. And Max Fried of the Braves, plus 1,300. I think there is a lot of value in this, what I named, that fourth, that fourth name I named Tony Gosling for uh, the Dodgers. He's tied for wins right now. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a loss on the year. He's pitching on the Dodgers. So you know he's going to keep racking up the wins. He's gonna. He's probably gonna have the lower ERA, ten and 1.54 ERA right now for Tony Gosling, and you can get him at plus a uh, thousand. I think that's a great pick uh, for for um, Cy Young. Looking at the guy who leads it right now, Sandy Alcantara. He's nine and three, one point eight two ERA. I mean, pitching on. My only hesitation is. Should he be given? Should he be leading the Cy Young right now? Of course, he's pitching on the he's pitching on Miami, right? He has a one point eight two ERA on the Miami Marlins. There's no run support in that organization. Yes, yes, he should be allowed. Yes, he should be leading it. Is it going to stay for a season? No. You can grab Tony Gosselin plus a thousand right now. I think it's worth it. Let's move to the AL Cy Youngs. Right now, uh, Shane McClanahan. Let let me know if you had that name uh, at the beginning of the season. Shane McClanahan is leading it, plus 250, followed very closely uh, by Justin Verlander at plus 260, Garrett Cole at plus 850, Shohei Otani at plus 1,000, and Alex Manoa of the Blue Jays at plus 1,200. You're naming pitchers I feel like I don't know. <laughs> Alex Manoa is a new guy. He's pitching really well. Uh, Shane McClanahan this year, 
Pitching for Tampa Bay, nine and three, one point seven four ERA. You know, I think you made it. I think you made an interesting point. I don't know if you made it on the show, uh, Jermaine, about the MLB. We saw this last year, right, where pitchers were dominating through the first half, and then the MLB went and changed the ball on them. I would not be surprised if we saw that again this year because these ERAs of the top runners are incredible right now. I think this is the highest I've ever seen or the, sorry, the lowest I've ever seen at the all-star break of this many people under two ERA. The MLB is going to do something. They're not going to announce it. They're going to mess with it. My money right now, though, if I can get Justin Verlander at plus 260 right now, I mean, you got to take him, right? He's been in the situation before. You know he's got a, a basically a robot arm at this point, right? He's got a surgically repaired robot arm that he's pitching with. I mean, 10-3, and 2.03 ERA, the same thing that I use with Tony Gosselin, I'm going to use with Justin Verlander. He gets the run support. He's going to get the wins. He's a primetime pitcher that's been there before. At plus, if I could get a primetime pitcher who's won Cy Young's before at plus money, Especially when it feels really wide open right now. Yeah, it does. Uh, the final thing, the, the the final thing that we'll go to. Oh, wait, what are you saying, Jermaine? No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was gonna say the final thing we're going to NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, my Rookie of the Year choice uh, was C.J. Abrams uh, of the Padres. I hope that he can kind of he can come back and and and, and be decent. Uh, he <laughs> hasn't had any at bats in the major leagues. Uh, this year, um, or he has, sorry, he's, he's had 112 uh, or 110 at bats in the major leagues this year. He's hitting 10, uh, doesn't really look pretty good or doesn't really look good. He's plus 8,000 on the rookie of the year odds. Uh, Michael Harris leads it right now. He's plus 350. Uh, O'Neal Cruz, a revelation uh, for the Pirates, uh, plus three, plus, plus three, 75. Spencer Strider is plus uh, 500. Mackenzie Gore is plus 700. And Nolan Gorman is plus 1,200. Your boy, uh, Shia Suzuki, Jermaine, plus mm-hmm. 1,400. Uh, again, I in these races, when it comes down to it, I tend to trust guys that have been there before, I guess, if they're available. And Shia Suzuki... I mean, if he gets the batting average up a little bit, he looks pretty good in this wide open field in the in the NL. He was hurt. He finally came back, and he's come back pretty strong. Um, and the Cubs have are proving scrappy as of late in the last two uh, two weeks. They almost swept the Red Sox. Uh, they ended up losing in extra innings there. Then they took the Milwaukee Brewers the very next night to extra innings. Um, yeah, that that I like. I still like him to win Rookie of the Year. I I very much think that's plausible. Um, did you already go through the American League? I have not. No, because I was going to reveal my big pick that I nailed. Uh, Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez. Minus 225 right now. We had him at the beginning of the year as rookie of the year. Uh, Jeremy Pena plus 600 of the Astros. Bobby Witt Jr. of the Royals plus 900. Adley Russman of the Orioles plus 1,800. And Joe Ryan uh, plus 3,000. 
I don't want to say a race is wrapped up because stuff can happen and, and obviously stuff does happen, but I mean, who like J rod looks, uh, looks pretty good uh, playing for uh, playing for the Mariners. Yeah. I think the only person you really, I know he's third on the list odds wise, but you know, Bobby Witt Jr. is someone that can definitely come for him. I think the problem with Bobby Witt Jr. is Bobby Witt Jr. is not a very good everyday baseball player, if that makes sense, right now. He is a guy that will stay in the public's eye because he makes highlight plays every four to five days. But if you really get down and you look at Bobby Witt Jr.'s stats, he's going to go one for four. <laughs> Every day. He seems like a like a one for four guy every day until he gets a little bit better. And then and then who knows? But he's gonna give you the highlight plays. He plays shortstop. It's gonna give you the highlight plays. He's you know, you're 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 gonna get like you're 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 gonna get highlight plays from him. He leads the league in triples, so he's that fast guy. He he's hit 12 home runs, but he's batting 236 this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's, he's going to be on MLB tonight, but he's not going to be a guy that you look at and you say, yeah, he should be, he should be rookie. Is one for four a good game? <laughs> well, I don't know. What was his one hit? <laughs> one for four home run, but it didn't, it didn't really mean anything. How, what, a solo shot? Solo shot. No, not a good game. <laughs> All right. I my one question I wanted to pose you, so I waited till the end of our discussion. Looking at this list, if you had to pick a team to surprise the, their division leader, who are you looking at? One for AL and one for NL. A team to surprise the division leader. Interesting question. And then Eric, listen, I made the bet, right? So I'm going to stick to it. The Chicago White Sox cannot be this bad of a baseball team. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe the Chicago, but, but you, but that, that's why, that's why I kind of questioned my mind surprised because I don't think the twins or the guardians expected to be here either. And I don't think they like, I, I, I will say I think I, I still think the White Sox win this division. What what are the odds for me here? Uh, the White Sox to win the American League Central is plus 140. The Twins lead right now with minus 105. And even though the Guardians are in second, they're plus 450. Yeah, I mean, if I can get the White Sox at plus money, I'm taking the White Sox. Right what's now. the luck? Uh, what's the luck coefficient or the luck factor for the White Sox right now? Is it plus or minus? The Pythagorean theorem or the uh, Pythagorean yeah. luck. Hold on one sec. Yeah, I don't I don't know what exactly what they call it. That's why I said coefficient or factor. Luck, <laughs> just, coefficient. Uh, just, right now the um right now the Chicago White Sox uh, are actually lucky on the year. They have got three wins oh. uh, more than they should have. Ooh, here's my thing, right? We sit here and we say the White Sox can't be this bad. They're a good team. They only did it one year. They had a pretty good year last year. 
And that's about it. So where are we getting this Chicago White Sox are a good team? I just Tony, it's the it's their roster, it's their pitching staff. I mean Is Tony LaRusso still the manager? Yeah, I mean that's that's I, the That's a awful pick. He's archaic, he's a thing of the past. What was what was the one that got him in the hot water? He um walked Trey Turner, right? Something like that, I believe, yeah. Or he walked the person in front of Trey Turner. Either way, it was an awful fucking call. Ended up, I'm pretty sure that cost the White Sox that game. I'm actually surprised that you went AL Central for that. I I, I like the, I think the Yankees are good, but there's a part of me that thinks one of those AL East teams could get hot to catch the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't, like, it can't keep up with this, but I... I don't know. I, I think the Central is the only thing that's in that's in reach of the division winner. If if you're gonna take me to the, if you're gonna take me to the NL, no, uh, yeah, that's next. Yeah, that's. Next. Oh man, I I'm, listen. I'm, listen. I here's here's. I, I will give you. I I will not. I will not be surprised if we see. The Braves jump the Mets and the Cardinals jump the Brewers. If you really want me to get spicy, the Phillies yeah, cannot Yeah, that's who I the was going to pick. The Phillies cannot, again, using the White Sox thing, the Phillies cannot be this bad of a ball club. And even without Bryce Harper, they're seven games back of the East. Look at the run that Atlanta needed to win the division last year. Look at what New York did to lose the division last year. If Philly just keeps maintaining and, you know, chugga, 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 Philly has won 53% of their games. Chugga, chugga, chugga. <laughs> they just got to win a couple more games. Maybe win a couple, maybe sweep a three-game series. Maybe take three of four in a division. Eric said they're plus 1,500 right now. The Ooh. Braves the Braves, and the Mets both have this innate ability to fall off. <laughs> And we could definitely see the Phillies fall off. Oh, sorry. We could definitely see the Phillies take advantage of that. And if they just keep playing consistent, that'll be my bold prediction. The Phillies will win the NL East. I was on the same page. The other one, the other one that I feel incredibly froggy about is the San Diego Padres. So in my head, Get out of my head. Before I I walked it back, because I think the Dodgers do have the best team and do have the second best team in baseball right now. Wait, well, who's the first best team? The New York Yankees. At this moment, the New York Yankees are the best team in baseball. Yes? No. What who's their what's their pitching staff? Uh Louis Severino. Yeah, exactly. Masahiro Taranaka, Garrett Cole. No, I know it. it, Exactly. is not on that. Um, Nestor Cortez is a revelation this year, though. Um, I before before I talked myself out of it in my head, my bold prediction was that we were going to see a flop of the one and twos in every single division in the National League. Oh, so that means Braves win the East, Cardinals win the Central, and Padres win the West. Eric, can you get us that parlay? The division winner parlay. Of- give, give me a give me a Braves, 
Padres Cardinals parlay. So that's going to be plus thir- uh, 3,728 3, odds. Put 100 on it. You win 3,828 bucks. You just literally put, you just literally say put 100 on odds that tells you how much you win if you put 100 on it? Yeah. <laughs> Eric, you never cease to amaze, my man. My guy is sick. That's only, <laughs> only 3,700? Cardinals, Padres, Braves? Yeah. Yeah. Well, neither throw the one Phillies of in there instead of the Braves. What does it give me if we say if we throw the Phillies in there? Plus twenty five thousand four hundred and twenty. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, look, the Braves. Uh, I don't know if these are out of date, but the Braves are about two and a half games back from the Mets. Cardinals are three games back, and the Padres were only five and a half. So seeing a, a thirty seven hundred odds is is pretty on par especially in baseball when these teams play each other so goddamn much <laughs> like i'm not against it i love that they play their division a lot but you know you can easily make up five and a half against your own division mate um i think the nl consistently surprises as just the more enjoyable league to watch yeah for sure i mean if, like here's the thing if you said the Yankees won the division by 26 games. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm if you said the Astros, if the Astros won the division by 28 games and the Seattle Mariners still finished above 500, I wouldn't be surprised. The Yankees, think about this for a second. You just agreed that you would not be surprised if the Yankees won the AL East by 26 games and four teams in the NL East are about, or the AL East are about to make the playoffs. Yeah, but that's that's because the other three teams aren't aren't that good. Because the rest of the AL is boo boo, is what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Like no dis no disrespect. Like yeah, the Yankees are doing something special. They have a seven sixteen win percentage right now. That's fucking outstanding. <laughs> like you, that's unheard of in baseball. But the like I said, the Red Sox aren't that good. I love the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays they don't have what it takes and they're still they'll make the playoffs and one you know, final no no and i was just saying and you know how the rays are they're gonna spend their 75 million and put together a stupid competitive team <laughs> but they ain't winning 716 <laughs> like, spend your money <laughs> spend your money you're gonna get the rays the rays are gonna put on a show for <laughs> for bottom dollar uh one of the cool things that that we'll see as the season develops is right now, if you take the winning percentage of the New York Yankees, right? Jermaine just said it, 71.6% of their games they've won. If you multiply that by 162, the games in an MLB season, the New York Yankees are currently on pace for 115.992 wins. That, that's Jermaine, refresh me. What is the single season record for wins in a season? Oh. Is it the it's 113 Ma- and the Mariners, right? The 2001 Seattle Mariners had a 116 wins. Oh, I was off. So if the Yankees can maintain this pace, it will be amazing watching as we get down to the final games to see if the Yankees can break 116. 
Eric, and then get eliminated in the first round like those Mariners did. Can <laughs> hey, because we all root for the Yankees to lose. Can you see? Oh, excuse me. Beards are acting up. Can you see? You can find odds for the Yankees to win 117 games. Can you look that up, Eric. I don't, I don't know. If he's, that that one's a real doozy. I don't know if he's gonna be able to find that. But if if they win 117 games and win the World Series, is this the best Yankees team of all time? I I actually don't think I'd agree. <laughs> how many? Okay, how many Hall of Famers right now are on this Yankees team? Oh man. <laughs> That's, that's a that's a question. That's a good one. All right. How many Hall of Famers right now? Oh man. Is it just Rizzo? Anthony Rizzo. Uh, but I don't know. I, like I don't know. Anthony Rizzo. I mean Aaron Judge if he keeps playing the way he's playing. These these characters might be too young to ask that kind of jo- I mean Giancarlo Stanton maybe. I can I see think- maybe a guy like DJ LeMayhew sneaking in. Uh, I mean, Garrett Cole. I think maybe Garrett Cole. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, maybe. As a closer? Probably, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a great question that you ask. That's, what, that's what's so fascinating about this, right? Like, Josh, Josh set, Donaldson, Zach Britton, may, maybe. <laughs> if they set the record, I guess you have to say it. If they set the record and win, I just don't. I my thing is is I look at these standings and it just chaps my ass because <laughs> there is no competition. There's a lot of really bad baseball teams. The only saving grace for this Yankees team be like, if people want to argue for them being the best, if they set that record, right. Is that they played against the Red Sox, Braves and Blue Jays who all are most likely going to make the playoffs. Right. Right. That means you, that means you played probably 20 to 30 games against three other playoff teams. And then you take all the other teams they played against that are also playoff bound, and they probably played more of their games versus playoff teams. Yeah, but I'm 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 taking a look right now about how how the how the uh, schedule finished in 2001 for the uh, Seattle Mariners. Also, I want to follow up on some of the things we asked Eric to search for. So let me, Eric, you, Aaron Judge is a free agent after this year. So yeah, Aaron Judge is a free agent after this year. Okay. Like, I think okay. that seventeen million dollar deal they agreed to was to avoid arbitration. Oh, uh, okay. And that's why it was. And you were correct because that happened June twenty fourth. Um, and then the impossible question that we asked Eric for for odds was the Yankees set the single season <laughs> wins record. Right. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to find that. If you can find someone who can make that bet, I think you make the bet, even if you're not a Yankees fan, just to root for it. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm all about seeing history be made. I don't care what team it is. Like, 
I mean, obviously, I wish it was the Cubs, but <laughs> but look, we broke a hundred eight year streak. My wishes are all out. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, we're we're capped. The Cubs have no asks until at least twenty <laughs> twenty nine, bro. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so I think we're gonna pause here on the MLB portion of the show, unless you have anything else, Nick. Uh that's. I mean. My bet for the for Chris Bryant to an MVP, which I didn't mention, and for the uh, uh, for the Colorado Rockies to make the playoffs haven't turned out, but that's why we have a half season left to play, and uh, it's time for October baseball in Colorado. I'm completely joking, by the way, for anyone that takes that thinks I'm being serious. Oh boy, the uh, Colorado Rockies life. All right, Eric, hit us with your question. We're gonna try to wrap it up rather quickly. All right, so um, for communion with E this week, uh, <laughs> what is the most unbreakable record in sports, and what is one record that you want to see broken before you die? Cal Cal Ripken's uh, consecutive game streak is the most unbreakable record in sports. Hmm. In in this in this generation of rest a player and do there's no way what what is the the, the Cal Ripken streak is I, I should know this off the top of my head as a, as a as a baseball fan but his so it was he's he was in two thousand six hundred thirty two two thousand six hundred thirty two okay yeah that was his over divided by one hundred sixty two. That's a little bit over 16 seasons in which you need to play a full season. That's over 16 full seasons. The second? It's not even uh, in the, it's not even in the four digits, right? The second? Oh, I, yeah, longest longest active streaks in baseball. I don't know. Jermaine, give give yours and I will. Uh I honest I have two. Uh, 100 points in a single NBA game, I don't think ever gets eclipsed. Uh, There would be – you would have to flagrantly disregard the flow of basketball to get one player 100 shots for that to be (laughs) equivalent. And then, uh, Eric, you want to say something? Is you trying to step in here? Well, I'm just going to give you guys the list of the ones that I compiled – or do you want to go with, with yours? Oh, hold on. let's get ours out before so that we don't say it before we get there. The next one, um, fifty-six consecutive games with a hit. What? No, you're right. Fifty-six. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, was, I was saying fifty-seven, but that's the number to beat it. Yeah. So you need fifty-seven to beat it. Look. We're talking. We were just asking if one for four is a good game. Like fifty-six straight games with a ball in play and reaching base safely is unbelievable, unprecedented. And the the crazy part that no one talks about is is the average he hit during that fifty-six game streak. Man's hit for four oh eight. Over 56 games. The longest active streak since 2000, 38 games by Jimmy Rollins in 2005, 2006. 
and we Paul Goldschmidt just had a crazy long one we followed. I think it was like I think he broke 30. Maybe maybe it was 27, 28, something like that. But Paul Goldschmidt and everyone was just like, oh my God, he's hit for 28 straight games. I'm like, talk to me when he's at 40. (laughs) Talk to me when he's at 50. Like, bro, there's I don't look look for 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 context. The streak started on May 15th and ended July 17th. Like that's two, over two months. This dude did not not reach base. I had to use a double negative since I already said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the what's your uh, longest streak, Nick? And then we'll get into uh, so Walt Walt Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals uh, through um. That obviously through today has played in 518 straight games. That's the active streak. That's the longest active streak. Yes. Okay. Who's second on that list? Do you know by any chance? I have I have no idea. This is from an article that literally just managed to talk about the Cal Ripken streak. Got it. Okay. All right, Eric. Give us the list that you created, and and maybe you'll shake us off our ideas. Uh, so number one, or do, yeah, I'm gonna start number one. It's Cy Young, 749 complete games and 511 wins. Yeah, never gonna be broken. No. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say, I just want people to hear this record. So say it one more time. 749 complete games and 511 <laughs> wins. Yeah. <laughs> the complete games is what gets me. Every, I always forget how dominant Cy Young is because I didn't watch him. You know he would I mean? throw on like back to back days. Now, when you're throwing 60 miles per hour, it's not as like as taxing on the arm. Is that his top speed? Okay. All right, go ahead. All right, number two, Wilt Chamberlain, 100 points in a single game. Wayne Gretzky's points has to be up there. Number three, Wayne Gretzky, 2857 career points. Never, never gonna be touched. I think number- that get, I think that gets broken. Number four, Brett Favre's 297 consecutive games played. I think, that, I, think that, I think that one gets broken. Consecutive. From 1992 so, to 2010, he didn't miss a game. Did it? That's, did it? Fuck me. I, I don't know if I can agree to All right, maybe that's I take 18 that years of just playing football. That dude's guaranteed to have And it's 321 if you include playoffs. No wonder he was so tired. No wonder he threw so many picks. He was just tired. (laughs) Get this man a break. Jesus. Uh, Five is Cal Ripken Jr. We already talked about that. Six, Joe DiMaggio, 56-game hit streak. Seven, the Boston Celtics, eight consecutive NBA titles. Okay. All right. That that one's just ridiculous. Like, no, of course not. Uh, Eight, Jerry Rice, 1549 career receptions. I think that can be. I think think that could be beat. Uh, Pete Rose, 4,256 hits. Yeah, we cheated together. Brian Nelson, 11 consecutive PGA Tour wins in a row. (laughs) That would be be something to watch, though. That would be the most entertaining to watch. I want to see that happen. Do I think it happens? Probably not. First First of all, all of these... Records 
I look, I said maybe someone could beat him. I'm not putting money on it. Like at right. home. Uh they're all infinitely more outrageous than you could even think of for a record. But I will say this, and and this is why we track records, is because eventually records get broken for the most part. So I will root for all of those to be broken just because I think that would be crazy. Could you imagine? Just the, the Cy Young one, like, dude, people don't even throw complete games anymore. Like, we get we get our dick hard when people throw complete <laughs> games now. This dude like, did it fucking seven hundred and forty nine times. Everyone's at the water cooler the next day. Like, oh my god, you see that kid who threw the complete game? You know what I mean? Like, you're jazzed about one complete game. You imagine seeing seven hundred and forty nine? That's six seasons, maybe a little less of of baseball. That's insane. And Will Chamberlain, 100 points, right? Kobe did 81. That's still a whole Tobias Harris points per game average away from getting to 100. (laughs) Dog. Like, people don't understand how Kobe Bryant took, I think he took 57 shots in that game to get the 81. It might have been over 60. Like, so. Go ahead. let Let me share this with you. Nolan Ryan played 27 years in the MLB. <laughs> he threw, he had, he had 324 wins and he threw 222 complete games. Really? 28 for 46. Here is the cra- here's the craziest thing about Nolan Ryan. And this is the stat that's going to blow your mind. Nolan Ryan in these 27 seasons threw seven no-hitters. Of the stats I just mentioned, he won the ERA title twice. He never won a Cy Young Award. Well, no shit. I knew that was, I knew that I felt it in my balls. I felt that absurdity coming. Of course he didn't win the award named after him, bro. That's too No, this is Nolan Ryan. This is Nolan Ryan. Oh, you mean Nolan Ryan. This is Nolan Ryan. He never won a Cy Young Award. Really? Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young? No. Uh, Cy Young, by the way, also has 18 saves in his career. <laughs> I think that's just a funny stat to, to tell people. And so besides the 759 complete games, there was a few times, right? You said 18? 749 complete games, yeah. He said, no, he had 18 saves. He had 18 saves, correct. So there was 18 times the coach was like, hey, man, I know you just threw three complete games in a row, but can you come in and get this dub for us? I know this will, I know this will, this will blow your mind. But in, uh, in 1896, uh, a young, a 29-year-old Cy Young went 28 and 15, with a 3.24 ERA, starting 46 games, he also led the league with three saves. So they're like, yo, Cy, I know you threw like 200 pitches yesterday, but now I'm going to need you to come in and get this save. That's nuts, dude. That's 
<laughs> oh, it's a different. It was definitely a different sport, though. Um, godly. These old heads blow my mind sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping it up here. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. Damn. My phone's not loading. <laughs> well, I guess we're just going to... I'll sing the I'll sing the walkout. Sing us out, Jermaine. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my sugar doll. <laughs> Let me out, Johnny. Yeah. Boom. This new Apple update that's making everyone's phones just not work is gotta get fixed. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We'll